Southeast Michigan has an abundance of delicious food options, from Mexican and Polish to Middle Eastern and contemporary cuisine. Now you can add Peruvian food to the mix. We just mix a lot of ingredients and flavors from Chinese food and Incas. That's what makes Peruvian food. This is Stateside. I'm Bryce Huffman in for April Bear. Joining me now is the family behind Calantro, a Peruvian restaurant in Ferndale. The restaurant is also opening a second location soon in Ann Arbor. Betty Shul, mom and son Alvaro Herrera, welcome to Stateside. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So the first question is, could you both just describe Peruvian food for me? Well, Peruvian food is a fusion of, you know, we come from the Inca, Inca Empire. So that's how we initiate most of our flavors, basing our our native ingredients like ají amarillo, which is the main important uh, ingredient in Peruvian cuisine. So after we have a lot of Asian coming, especially Chinese coming to Peru to as workers, that was during the colony. So we just mix a lot of ingredients and flavors from Chinese food and Incas. So that become that's what make uh, currently Peruvian food. Peruvian food, I would say, is similar to a lot of other Latin American foods, um, but where it makes it more unique is the kind of herbs and spices that are native to the ecosystem of Peru. There's so many different, um, you know, ecosystems that exist within the country, and that just gave availability to a lot of different flavors and spices, as well as different methods of cooking things. So for example, um, you know, being that it's Incan, there's a lot of Foods that have developed from, you know, like uh, from on the grill and open flame cooking. And then with Chinese immigrants entering Peru, um, there were a lot of immigrants that were trying to recreate some of the dishes that they had back home and recreating in Peru with ingredients available to them. And so that led its way into, you know, this fusion of a new type of, um, you know, really uh recognized cuisine that's that's native to Peru and different from other countries around South America and around the world as well. Yeah, that sounds like a lovely mixture of different uh, food styles and cooking styles. Are there certain dishes that bring you back to Peru or to your childhood? Well, uh, most of our dishes are uh, very traditional dishes. I try to recreate when we make the menu the most the most dishes that I miss because I I live here in this country, but I something that I always miss was my food. Yeah, something for me, I think, is uh, one of the most well-recognized dishes from Peru. I would say is boya la brasa, um, which is a charcoal oven-cooked chicken that's marinated with, you know, almost 30 different spices. And it's a really typical food. You know, you find it in Peru, you find a pollería, you know, on every corner of every block in every city. And it's something that's so well recognized around the world. So that was one of the big things that when we first started in um, Ferndale, people were really excited for. For me personally, I think ají de gallina is another dish that's really well recognized. It's very much like a comfort dish. Um, and it's a it's a shredded chicken dish. It's made with an ají amarillo sauce that gives it, you know, just a lot of, um, you know, comfort and flavor to the dish. What we did at Culancho was 
had a mix of um of different dishes that you have at a restaurant and versus you know like at you know at, at your grandma's house versus street food that you find you know out in open markets and so we really tried to recreate all of the things that felt the most like being back in Peru to us yeah did i hear that you ordered a charcoal rotisserie grill from peru just to be able to make the pollo a la brasa is that correct yes which yeah. is we are picking up today for both places <laughs> for yeah. both places we yeah, have to think and a... take a, think like more than four months it seemed like it would be something that would we really had to go out of our way for but for us to really recreate the flavor um we wanted to go with manufacturers in peru and um and just the same kind of you know um it's it's the same thing i think uh me having grown up as here in the united states as american barbecue where you know it matters you know the type of equipment you're using where it comes from and how it works to recreate the kind of flavor that you're looking to get so yeah for both locations we have um yeah ordered an oven from peru and are going to be using it in each location the same with the ingredients are ingredients are from peru to try to replicate the same flavor Right. First of all, that sounds delicious, and I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. Uh, is there anything special you do to prepare the chicken for that? We marinate the chicken for 24 hours. and But besides that, the, the, the ingredients that we use to marinate the chicken is the charcoal that gives that special, the special flavor. Because we try, before we open Kulantro, we try to do in different ways, to cook in different ovens. And after we realize, nope, if we don't use charcoal, we're never going to get the flavor. That's what we did. We ordered the oven from Peru. I think for Pollo La Brasa, it's just the specific combination of flavors that, you know, anywhere you go, you know, there are a lot of different cultures that make, you know, rotisserie chicken and, and cook in open flame. But um, the specific combination of ingredients is what kind of leads to the flavor along with being cooked in, you know, like in a flame oven, along with, you know, being marinated for as long as, as we needed to and, you know, ordering s specific ingredients from, you know, abroad. Another thing important for that dish is our sauces. People love our sauces. People just order in every in every order for food, they they order our special sauces. Wow. And what makes it uh, so special? What is uh, what ingredients go into it that give it that extra, you know, flavor? There is a lot of ingredients and it's kind of a family recipe, but all the, for example, in ají verde, that is the most popular is every kind of pepper. Mm. It's a really regional thing. And whenever you go to a poeria in Peru, um, you know, you're always going to get these really similar kind of sauces that everyone is a little bit different. I also see there's a ceviche dish on the menu, uh, which is uh, fish cured in lime juice and other ingredients. And it says it comes with Peruvian corn. How is Peruvian corn different from the corn we get here in the U.S.? Uh, the corners are really humongous. And the only place that they, we have this choclo, choclo is in, the, because it grows in the Andes, in the mountains, and nowhere in the world you're going to find this corn. So we serve that as a, as a side for that come with the ceviche, and people love that our corn. It's a, it's you know, it's Peruvian. We need to take a break. More in a minute.
Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's Stateside Podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. So the name of the restaurant, Calantro. Now, I've heard of cilantro, but not culantro. How are they different? Culantro is, is cilantro in Spanish. Cilantro comes from the same genus as uh, as culantro, but it's an herb on its own. And um, it's right. something that but, we use in a lot of Peruvian cooking. And that's true. But we call to cilantro in Spanish culantro. And it's so important. Culantro gives a lot of flavor to our many of our dishes. So that's why we name it culantro. Got it. What first brought you to lay down roots here in Southeast Michigan? Oh, I came here to visit a friend a long time ago, 1999, and I just fall in love of this country. I love Americans, how kind, how nice everybody was in this country. After I moved here in 2000 with my children, and I was just amazed how welcoming everybody was, how understandable. I I was fascinated with this country. Now, Betty, I know you are a nurse in Alvaro. I'm not sure what training you have outside of the restaurant, but was there a moment where you thought, okay, Michigan absolutely needs a Peruvian restaurant? Yes, I was. I, I still work as a nurse, but a long time ago I was working and they were getting in Westland, they were getting together in a Salvation Army Peruvians to sell Peruvian food. So I went there in my lunch time because it was very close to my job. And there was a line, I, of course, I couldn't eat. The line was four hours and the food wasn't enough. They ran out of food. So that's why I say, well, we need a Peruvian restaurant in this, in this state. So that was in my mind until I found the right moment to open the restaurant. Yeah, for me, I I went to business school and I went to Wayne State and um, and it was always something that my mom and I had talked about that to really, you know, um, make a name for ourselves and, and make something, you know, out of ourselves in the United States that um, that it was important for us to, you know, start our own business and to start something that, you know, could celebrate something about who we were and what we brought to, you know, what we brought to mission Michigan, because the thing is that there really isn't a large population of Peruvian people here in Michigan. Um, When we first opened up, you know, we had people from all over telling us that they, you know, oh, I used to live in Florida or I used to live in New York or California and um, haven't had Peruvian food since I I was out there because there are so many Latinos. And it's not something that was really that that was found in Michigan at all. But um, we knew it was something that 
would be celebrated. And, you know, it was a really specific reason why we have chosen Ferndale and Ann Arbor, because both of those places, while there are not, there aren't large amounts of Peruvian people there, um, you know, they're both cities and, um, and places that really celebrate diversity, and where we thought, you know, we would find the kind of support that we were looking for. And, um, and we're really happy, you know, of how it's gone since we opened. Yeah, Betty, you first opened Calantro in downtown Ferndale in 2018, which, you know, what a crazy time to be in the business. Uh, what's the reception been like since then? Oh, my gosh. There is, there was, that, that was the perfect city to open a restaurant. Ferndale, people are so welcoming, so supportive. When we were, even when we start, we were fixing ourselves the, the place and people knocking the door People start sending me sending me messages telling me that we know you are opening a restaurant. We are so excited. We're going to buy your food. Oh, there was just amazing, amazing everybody, especially during COVID. After during COVID, people are sending messages, calling us, telling us that please don't never consider to close because you know how, how every business was struggling. Every family, I think, in Ferndale was just telling us that they're going to try to buy us at least once a week so we never get out of business. That was so nice of them. And we were giving the 20% uh, discount for first responders. Nobody in Ferndale take that discount. They say, nope, we know you guys are struggling. We don't going to take it. Yeah. And now here you are on the other side of the pandemic and about to open a second location in Ann Arbor. When do you hope to open and will you be offering the same menu? Yes, we're going to recreate the same the same menu. Uh, we are hoping to do this in to open the restaurant in November. And ultimately, what do you want your customers to experience every time they eat at Colantro? Colantro food, <laughs> which is different, right? Which is unique. People already are coming. You have no idea how many people are coming from an arbor to Ferndale because they are just excited. They saw the they saw the sign and they want they are so excited. We have many phone calls every day and to see when are we opening and people are coming. We 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 want them to have the same experience that we have or even better. Yeah, I think that there's a sense of for for a lot of Latinos, um, you know, coming to especially in Ann Arbor and in Ferndale, there's a sense of nostalgia that comes along with it where, you know, this is the type of food that I would have in my grandmother's home. This is the type of food that I would have when I, you know, used to live somewhere else. And it's a kind of comforting feeling that, you know, we are hoping to share. We've had a lot of people, you know, over the years reach out to us, you know, saying this is, you know, I, I didn't know many people in the area, but, you know, it's it's your food here at Culantra and it's your menu that kind of has made me, you know, feel more at home and feel more comfortable and feel like I'm a part of a community. There's been such a surge in, in Latin foods even here in Michigan, I think where we're happy that Peruvian is just another option that, you know, we're not competing with any other, you know, we're not competing with anybody. We're just here to offer more. And, um, but it's really, you know, uh, something to discover something new. And, um, and for many people who are familiar with the food already, you know, it's, it generally brings a sense of nostalgia and that kind of feeling that, um, you know, this is where, um, this is where I where I grew up and this is um you know what I want to have again. 
and that's the Stateside Podcast. I'm Bryce Huffman, in for April Bear. You can find the full Stateside show at michiganradio.org. Today's episode was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on the show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our intern is Olivia Meradian. Our executive producer is Laura Weber Davis. Music from Blue Dot Sessions and Audio Network. Thanks for listening. I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.